This is the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast from Advanta IRA, where we show you how to explore investments beyond Wall Street and open your eyes to new options for your portfolio. It's time to take control and give yourself the freedom to choose where you invest your money. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast. As always, my name is Alex Perney. And today we are pleased to welcome on with us Curtis May with Practical Wealth Solutions. And we're going to be kind of going through uh, some basis of what people need to understand when it comes to developing a financial plan. It's not just as easy as saying, I would like to have X amount of money in my bank account when you retire. There's, there's, a, there's a roadmap to get there and it looks different for everyone. And understanding kind of how to build that, what goes into it is really the key basis for all of this. So Curtis, I really do appreciate you being on with us today. As always, when I do this, I always like to have our guests give a little bit of background about yourself. Um, you know, most people don't just pop out of college or whatever they do at a certain point and say, I would like to be a financial advisor, or financial planner. So uh, maybe give us a little bit of background about yourself, uh, kind of kind of how you came to be at the point that you're in. And then we'll just go from there. That's funny, because I, I actually have been doing this since college. <laughs> so Fantastic. Well, then and, we, uh, we, have, we have the exception right. to the rule. Then. So I popped out. I, well, actually, what what happened was I realized the NBA was not looking for five eleven shooting guards, <laughs> and, uh, so with a mediocre handle, right? So I was like, okay, you can come off the ball and hit this J off the screen, but you're five eleven. You know, people that really do that around that time were need to be about six four to six six. So I wasn't that. So I'm like, all right, that's not that that. And I here I am barely on the team at the Division two school. I was like, ah, this may not be my dream. So, but. At the same time, I was a business major and I was blessed because, you know, my family had always been in business. Oh, you know, in the supermarket, I'm from Philadelphia growing up. We own, we're in the tavern business uh, by my senior year in high school. So I never got that go, go to school, get your education, get a good job talk. You know, my dad told me you work for somebody else. So when somebody showed me the opportunity to, to do this, I actually got my insurance license in college, you know. Okay. And uh, so I basically started this in 1985. So you can date myself right there. I'm a junior in college, 1985. <laughs> and then um, um, a couple of years later, I was securities licensed. So if those of y'all know that I was 663, 26, you know, I, did mutual, I was, you know, mutual funds were end all be all. And then I kind of lost my religion in 2000. I had, after living through my second crash, right? And mm-hmm. um, uh, and reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I was like, "Huh, what he's talking about and what I'm doing are different." And then I just I started to wanted to know about. I wanted to know. I was a nerd. Like I wanted to know why things happen. Why things don't just crash. Why do they crash? Right. And uh, what? Why is there a way to see this kind of stuff coming? And then I realized more to your listeners, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat outside of Wall Street, right? So the theme of my podcast is kind of like the wealth outside of Wall Street. You know, here are things that you can do. And so I try to, you know, so that's kind of where I came from. So I'll stop there with that that part of the story. But I was I was weird. I I I wanted to be in business and I got I started doing this. So I did pop I don't know if I popped out like that, but I popped out wanting to play for the Sixers. Right. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. And especially kind of coming, you know, I, I have a little bit of a similar trajectory, at least in my career, you know, coming out in the middle of of crashes and going through multiple ones. I mean, you got to go, you know, savings alone, the first Gulf War and the dot-com bubble by that point. Yep. So uh, yep. you know, I, I popped out right at the end of the Great Recession, then got to go through COVID. Uh, so, you know, it's it's always fun to kind of see the context and, uh, 
you know, at least history tends to repeat itself. So we can learn lessons from all these things that will certainly help apply, um, you know, to future um, future activities that you're doing. So, you know, I really do like the the aspect of, you know, understanding that there's not just one avenue for people to create wealth. Um, and that's, you know, a core focus of what I've done in my career, what we do at Advanta, what we try to educate people on this podcast is that, you know, you, you turn on CNBC, you hear, you know, Jim Cramer, you hear just, they're talking about one thing. Um, and while granted, it's a good fit for a lot of people, it should probably be a portion of a lot of people's portfolio, even if it's not your main core focus, but it's not the only thing out there. Um, you know, again, it's not, not the only avenue to success is just saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the right stocks, or I'm going to be in this mutual fund that has a target date of when I'd like to retire. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're kind of, again, you know, at least oh, listen, I will go a step further. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all that nonsense does not work. Okay. <laughs> and so if you want to be so like, if you study people that are, uh, if you study rich people, they, you know, they do not focus on what we call the accumulation theory. Okay. So the accumulation theory, buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt, buy term investor difference. That's what 98% of the people that are taught to do, right? By the financial institutions. But what we teach people, Alex, are here are the four rules of the financial institution. They want your money. <laughs> they want it on a regular basis. They want to keep it as long as possible. Why? So they can charge you fees. Uh, uh, and so if you're successful and you start out with 100000 and you're just in equities, you're getting a million dollars. Well, that one, one half percent points or 75 points, the more successful you are, the more, especially if it's a non, it's a taxable account, mm -hmm. you know, the tax the taxes are kind of back baked into the tax cakes. You don't see it, but you know, that's, that's uh, uh, so anyway, if people saw that they would kind of look at that stuff. But basically what happens is you, you, it's just hard to get enough money to do that. Whereas if you can buy assets alternatively with the emphasis on cash flow, right. On, so a mixture of growth. You want growth and you want cash flow. So if you can buy assets that send you a check, so eventually you can turn on that cash flow. Now you can be, because people talk about retirement. I don't talk about retirement. We talk about financial freedom, right? And so financial freedom is a capability, mm -hmm. right? And so are you capable? Do you have assets? What's an asset? Just a la Rich Dad, right? Something that puts money in your pocket. And are you capable of having passive income greater than expenses at some point in your life, right? And yeah. that's the goal. So you got to begin with the end in mind. And, and, and then you got to ask yourself, well, what things can I deploy my capital that will let me do that? And so we kind of back into it. Sure. So let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, you know, you, you sound kind of like, uh, you know, like in your own words is that you kind of started in that initial mindset of the accumulative, you know, wealth model of saying, okay, you know, I'm going to, I did my insurance and then I got my, you know, six sixty seven seven you know, <clears throat> FINRA licenses and I'm doing stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Uh, you know, what would you say is kind of the awakening that you had to say, okay, you know, I've seen this happen. Was it just kind of going through the crashes? It sounded kind of like around the dot-com bubble is when you kind yeah, of- Yeah, around the dot-com bubble. So I was, <laughs> I was around that time, I was uh, working with a Citigroup subsidiary and I was doing um, the teacher's, uh, t uh, what do you call it, 403Bs mm -hmm. in the school district, right? Sure. And so the, the challenge, I inherited this, this is what really- like this is why I had my um 
this is where I lost my religion, <laughs> if that's it, so to speak. And uh, so I had this, this I inherited this this client. She was 68, right, from this guy that was sleep at the wheel, just kind of throwing people in funds, right? And so I looked at her stuff. She was 68. He had her in like, so I won't name that name company, but this technology fund, he was obviously chasing returns like most people do. She didn't know what she was in. She was just picking, you know, all right, this one did 50% last year and yada, yada. So she was all these, what I call unsuitable things for her. And uh, then the market went down. So she proceeded to lose, after, after 9-11, her, her funds dropped 50 grand in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I go to the wholesaler from this company, if I know you would name it, you know, coming down from Mount Olympus to grace us with his presence. Right. And um, I go, you know, I told him the story, the whole story, 68. Da, da, da. He says, don't worry, the market's going to come back. I was like, what did you say to me? Did I tell you she was 68? Don't tell me this BS. I And I, you know, I didn't say BS, yeah. you know, I didn't say it. Actually, I was thinking it, but I was incensed. How dare you tell me this BS? And um, and then I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then I had discovered this book called Become Your Own Banker by then. I didn't understand it, but then I'd read Creature from the Jekyll Island, and I'm starting to understand economics in one lesson. So I'm starting to understand business cycles and why things happen. Sure. You know, that was the genesis of that. And so that's when I that fed my nerdy part of my brain because you know i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a closet nerd <laughs> i'm not even closet anymore now i'm proud of it. i was I'm a jock not, not the closet so. march in the street with the nerds unite right, right? i thought my doors i was a cool nerd because i was also <laughs> all sitting in basketball but uh you know i had this nerdy street because i to me it wasn't cool being a dumb jock it was not a cool <laughs> thing and uh you know so it's 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 that so i kind of grew to that and then i was like why don't i know what's going on in this and then i started to this is probably later but there was I heard the term uncorrelated assets, uh-huh. right? And uh, and then one of Rich Dad's books, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, he says that um, he there's four asset classes. The third book, right? There's four asset classes. Uh, I think he talks about three in his next book. He talks about the fourth one, but it's business, real estate, paper, and commodities, uh-huh. right? And so people just think of one thing: paper. So and so. Um, uh, EFTs, like you talked about before, uh, uh, mutual funds, CDs, you know, REITs, you know, all those things are Wall Street packaged stuff where most of the profits go to Wall Street, right? And and so what happens is investing is more about becoming something than buying something. And so what's great about so if you're using like you know what your what your you know what your company are using IRAs, what you want to do is where's your capital at, right? So, but you don't have to just do prepackaged stuff. You need to research stuff. Like we have clients that do notes, right? Where you can buy the, literally buy the note from the mortgage, right? From yep. you come, you can get into note, you can get into syndications, right? You can get into, uh, uh, where you can get into apartment buildings, you can get into, uh, what are those things called? Um, What's the thing where you are storage unit, self storage? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. and so most of those things you need capital. You need fifty, a hundred thousand, and so you can leave it sit at risk in equities, or you can research the operators. See, because here's our three rules of investing, Alex: is is invest in what you know, or invest in knowing. Okay, yeah. knowing what? Knowing the operator, knowing the. You know, don't just treat it like a mutual fund. Oh, I heard this alternative investment. All right, I'm going to do my letter of intent and let's send this money over. 
you need to know how to things work right mm-hmm. and then um so you have to learn how to do diligence that's what i mean by investing and in knowing so you hold the capital to allow them to put these funds to work but you're you know you still have to drive the car right you as the, as the investor you still have to and, and i'm gonna argue i'm gonna come back to this investing is last it is not first thing in terms of building a, st- a stable finances that's why i told people like i'm the curtis is a defensive coordinator right so by the time you get to alex that's offense that's that's your job, right? <laughs> to understand this stuff. But, you know, you can, so it's, it's, so we say business, real estate, paper assets, and the fourth asset class is commodities, gold, silver, mm-hmm. right? Oil and gas. Sure. Uh, there's, uh, I, I've seen this thing on this guy's show. I got to get, I'm trying to find these guys, get them on my show, but you can buy like um, coffee farms in Panama, like an mm-hmm. acre and a half for about 20 grand. You can do those in an IRA. Right. I might know the guy. I think I might have even had him on my podcast. Is it the Green Coffee Company? Yes. Yeah. No, I can I can connect you with him. He was I actually yeah. interviewed him on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that stuff, right? Yeah. And it's willable and they'll average 10, 12% a year and they cash flow. That's what you want. Like it's 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 willable. And um uh but so what happens is you just have to expand your vision as to what's out there. That's why you listen to shows like this, because you don't know. If you don't know, and so yeah. you've got money, and success is with is when opportunity meets with preparation. So if you prepare yourself, and then you see the opportunity, now you've got all right. Here's some capital I can I can do private lending. A lot of times there's dentists that have a lot of money in qualified plans, and they'll loan money to people that are real estate developers, and they'll make ten twelve percent. So it's all you just have to be creative, but you need to have a foundation. So that's so I love that that stuff. You just have to be willing. To I was watching um Alex uh what's that movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves that was a great movie Dean I was love that I've seen it every time it's on I finish it <laughs> wherever it is I end up watching the whole thing but he says you know winners want the ball mm-hmm. right oh, absolutely and so you've got to want the ball right you you man you've got to want to more control over your money and absolutely. so yeah that's so why it's kind of my question is that you know we can you know. You know, individuals like us, we can sit here and kind of pontificate, you know, like these these great principles, but they, you know, in, in practice is kind of where, you know, where the rubber meets the road is trying to figure out how this applies to someone individually. And I'm assuming kind of from the perspective of what you're talking about, and it was good that you gave the example of the client you inherited with the 403B that was, you know, in the wrong things at the worst wrong time. Um, but, you know, the conversation you have with a, you know, 63 year old um, about to retire school teacher about, you know, if they're, if they're, cause you know, not everyone starts out perfect, you know, it's, and, and there's no such thing as perfection. It's, you know, it's a spectrum of, of everything. So the conversation you have with someone like that versus someone, you know, let's say like a 35 year old man like myself that's saying, Hey, you know what? Like I want to like get in a better position. You know, I have certainly much more time you know, knock on wood um, to, to do stuff. But, you know, I think it's definitely beneficial for people to hear kind of, you know, your take on what kind of conversation you have with someone. And let's again, let's kind of assume the avatars are the same that, you know, I plug money, either I just have done no investing in its cash, or I'm in the ETF stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and I want to then in turn, move is a kind of a position where you're saying, you know, what do you have the conversation is like, hey, what are you passionate about? Um, you know, what, do, what would you like to accomplish? Because, you know, not everyone can be a, a stock market expert. Not everyone cares about real estate. So what is kind of the the path forward of trying to figure out, you know, what is the path forward for someone, again, you know, call it 35 to 68 that want to get right. in a better position? So it's, pre- it's the same, 
right? Be of of uh, so we teach principles, right? So principles are if you read Ray Dalio's book, every successful person operates with principles because if you didn't, every time a situation came at you, you wouldn't know how to handle it, right? So we teach financial principles, which there are five, and they got. Uh, and if you want to hear this in a different language. Then I suggest you guys read the. Um, I'm actually working on a mini course on this. Maybe try this show comes. I'll have done it, Allison. I'll send it to you. But it's called uh, "The Richest Man in Babylon." So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm working on like a, a mini course where I just teach it for free and teach people how to use it. But the seven, the second chapter is called "The Seven Cures for a Lean Purse." Right. So before you get into all this stuff, here are the first two pre principles, even pre to my five, which we'll go over in a second. One, part of all you earn is yours to keep. Right. That's a principle. So you have to pay yourself first. And so when I say that, I don't mean fund your 401k. OK, savings. Let me define it. Safe, liquid, accessible, guaranteed. OK, so savings, savings accounts, money market accounts, CDs, permanent life insurance. That's where you store cash. OK. And so uh, and then you got to spend less than you make which means you have to manage cash flow. Most wealth is lost in, in, in how people manage or don't manage cash flow. So the, where the rubber meets the road is when you earn money and it hits your personal economy, are you managing it, right? Or do you have a lifestyle ceiling? Are you spending, you know, uh, uh, we teach people to save 15, 20% of their gross income. Uh, and a lot of people are, making spending 110 percent right because they haven't managed their debt so you have to manage what we call parkinson's law which says expenses rising me income so if you don't do that you don't you know nothing else matters if you can't spend less than you make and pay yourself first that so you have to start with that so you have to get out so look you're a sheet of paper out so look here's what's coming in here's what's coming out or I don't really like budging, but I'm just for lack of a better word, budging. We teach something called cash flow mapping, whereas we want to teach people to forecast to tell your money where to go instead of asking where it went. So that's the first thing I do with people. What's coming in? Where is it going? And are you paying yourself first? Okay. So now, once we teach that, then the, the everything else is like, it is, and this is where I find people want to jump right to investing because investing is sexy, right? But the first thing you have to do is save. Right. And so you've got to spend less you make. So you save. So I kind of talked about the, the process of how we do that. The second step is, or we call principle two is protect. You know, you have to protect the kingdom. You have to. What is that? That's insurance. Insurances. Right. So you got to protect your stuff. Right. So that's proper liability coverage on your auto and proper replacement costs on your homeowners and uh, uh, at least a million dollars of uh, umbrella coverage. So you get with your, uh, whoever does your um, car and auto. And, you know, I, I had a client just, I said, I sent him back to this person. So listen, you need know, umbrella coverage. And he, he said, well, oh yeah, I got it. How much was it? $400 a year. Mm -hmm. Right. It don't cost that much. Right. And so, but now what happens <laughs> is you're, because what's the purpose of insurance to indemnify you. Mm -hmm. Right. Because so if you just had your money invested, you had a loss, you had a fire, you had to live somewhere for three months till your house got built again, you didn't have insurance, you'd have to liquidate all your investments and start all over again, right? So you got to transfer risk. You know, we, you know, health insurance, obviously, you got to protect your income. So if you don't have uh, uh, disability insurances, then you could not work. And then the same thing, all your investments, you got to liquidate your assets, you've got to do whatever because you don't have any money, 
you got you might be able to get a little bit of debt, but then that's going to stop because you don't have the ability to pay it back. So you have to play defense. What if you die? Most people are underinsured with life insurance. You know, if you're 40, well, let's say 35, you can have your annual income times um, uh, 25. Okay. And so I would, so I believe I only like term in whole life. That's another thing I want to go into, but the, um, uh, but you terms, nothing wrong with term. If your goal is get the most insurance for the least amount of money, you buy term, but there's a myth out there of self-insurance, which is my third principle that, oh, we can have enough money. don't need insurance no more. That is complete nonsense. Okay. And so you, I want to, I want to say it this way because there's a myth out there. Oh, when you have enough money, you can let your insurance go. No, you can't. Okay. So I'm, this is kind of a trigger for me, Alex. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit it and quit it, All right? And so what happens is you, you, if you had homeowners insurance, no, I'm sorry, Alex. Let's say you had a house, right? And you paid your house off. Would you drop your homeowners insurance? Uh, no. And I, I know someone that did that, and it, uh, a hurricane came through and put a tree through his roof. Boom. Right. And see, so what happens is, or here's where, here's the second scenario. Let's say you had a house, you paid your house off, but you had set aside $500,000 for the house fund, right? Mm -hmm. To cover the, the assets. Yeah. Would you drop your homeowner's insurance then? Probably no, not. <laughs> probably not. Right. Because again, you for a thousand dollars a year, $1,500 a year, whatever you transfer the risk to the insurance company, which frees up your capital to do other stuff with it. Yeah. Right. And so it's the same thing with life insurance. You're it's asset insurance. Right. And so it makes sure that should you pass away, you've got a tax free fill up of the money bucket. OK. Mm -hmm. And yep. so that's critical. So, right. See, most people skip that step because it's not sexy. They want to get right to the quote unquote good stuff. Right. The third, which is principle five. Principle three is full replacement of assets at death. Guaranteed. OK. So guaranteed. So that's what we call the myth of the theory of decreased responsibility, the myth of self-insurance. Uh, that's why in our firm, we don't use which is the most popular type of insurance right now in the life insurance industry, index universal life, because ain't nothing in it guaranteed. Now I'm going to step on some toes there, but Curtis is in a toe stepping business. I don't care. <laughs> and um, the fourth principle, and this is where I, people drop the ball also is liquidity. They're way too illiquid. Right. And so, we teach six to 12, well, so 90 days. So this is what it comes back to principle one. If you don't pay yourself first, you can't accomplish this. So I want your emergency fund in safe, liquid, accessible, guaranteed accounts, 90 days, okay? Then everything from four to 12 is your opportunity fund in things that you maybe buy outside your qualified plans. But if you still have money in qualified plans, that money now gets put into principle five, which is velocity. So velocity of money are where you're taking your capital and you're looking for assets that you understand that you can buy or build that generate cash flow. Mm -hmm. And that's the fifth principle. So this is the foundation that we try to help people understand because I, I find that even when I'm talking to really successful real estate investors or business owners, their foundation is shaky because nobody's taught them how to kind of organize themselves and have a holistic view of their personal economy. Most uh, people that are in small business, the um, the the uh, advisor just wants to sell them mutual funds. They want to, 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 
their goal is to send their money away from their business, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I want you to keep enough money because your number one investment is the business, okay? And then you put your profit somewhere else, but you need to be liquid <laughs> for opportunities that come up, for COVIDs that happen, for whatever. And, you know, there's precedent set, right? And so you, you can't have too much liquidity. So I'm big on protection, managing cash flow, transferring risk through insurances, and then making sure that you have lots and lots of liquidity. Because if you have money, opportunities will find you. If you have money that you've put into a position uh, through, you know, the qualified accounts you talk about, then you could do private lending. You know, you want to, you're tired of the, of, of the Wall Street roller coaster where somebody uh, bombing something on the other side of the world affects your portfolio. You know, so if you're tired of that, that's when you start to look at, at, at other stuff. I'm not saying not do it. I'm just saying, you know, I had a client just before we got on the call. She texted me. What do you, do you say? What do you think? Should I do index funds or da, da, da? And I don't answer questions directly like that. I said, listen, on a scale. Now, she's a really successful real estate investor, financially independent already. I said, I'm going to say, listen, on a scale of one to 10, we know what's stock market. Right. I said, because I'll ask them on a scale of one to you know about real estate. She'll they'll say she'll say like two. I said, well, what do you know about a, a, a real estate? Oh, she's like a 12. Yeah. Where do you think you should be? Exactly. Yeah. And, so. I, and I try I, I, I kind of preach that as well is that, you know, certainly it's in my financial best interest to get people to use our service. But it's also a very practical question. It's, you know, how much do you understand about the, the stock market? I mean, it is I'm a you know, I have over a decade of experience in finance. Um, it still is insanely complicated. Like, and it's sometimes it's complicated by design. Um, you know, I think that, you know, some people might say it's a little conspiratorial, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it keeps people from asking a ton of questions. You know, it doesn't need to be that complicated, but it certainly is. But not to digress too much on my uh, personal misgivings <laughs> about the uh, U.S. securities market. I could be here for hours on that one. Yes. Um, but let's kind of, so we've, we've illustrated kind of your core steps. There's five of them. So you have your first step of cash flow mapping, um, protection of assets, replacement of assets, liquidity, and velocity of cash flow. Now, it's kind of easy for someone, again, it's the academic part of just, you know, reading through and kind of understanding something that someone is trying to educate you on. That's easy. The practical application is where, you know, anyone's going to stumble. You know, you could, you know, have a test on someone that could score 100 on just, you know, Scantron knowing what you're talking about. But in practice, again, is where these things kind of tend to start to show their cracks and fall apart. So what would you say is kind of the most difficult part of this for people to maybe not necessarily do? Because just starting something is probably the easy part is maintain a level of control and continue uh, continuity in doing this. Where do you see people kind of fall off? So that way, if people are you know listening to this and looking introspectively, knowing what they might need to revisit or make sure they stay on top of. I think the first thing is to create a system. So for example, so when I say uh, save 15% or pay yourself first, that is not a willpower thing. That needs to be automated. So, for example, one of, like if you don't remember anything else I talk about today, if you will, we call it setting up a wealth capture account. So a separate account. So if you're still working or if you're in business, if somebody makes 100 grand a year, just for round numbers, I, I'd want them to save 15% of their income at least or $15,000, right? And then if they were working, we would say, all right, let's do that, divide that by 26. You get paid 26 times. So that's like, Five, I think it's like five seventy six a pay, right? So, can you do that? I'll ask people, and then can we set that up so that every check this gets direct deposited 
into a separate account, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't worry about it. And so now you're saving 15% off the top automatic, and then you have to live on 85%. That's so that's so we don't try to make it thing. You're booming. Because if you look at you can save 20% of your income, I don't care what you do the rest of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everything else, the liquidity will take care of itself and you've automated that. So now um, if you're learning, but now if you're reading 10, 15 pages a day on money, like I like we're challenging our people. We're, I'm sending out an email list here. The 12 books you I want you should read we're, or I'll say, what are the 12 books you're going to read this year so you can grow your knowledge about money, business, investing, because you have to increase your capability is where money comes from. Money comes from skills. Right. And so money's a result of creating value in the marketplace, your income. Right. And so that's kind of so that's like the first step. The rest of it, we kind of help people do, because the main thing I teach is uh, most people. It's like there's only two ways somebody in the financial business can serve you. One is to help you find better investments that pay a higher rate of return. OK. And that's what most people are looking for. But the only way to do that generally, especially in the equity market, is to take more risk. Mm -hmm. Right. I view risk as probability of loss. <laughs> so and uh, not opportunity for gain, like, like you're being led to believe it is. And so the other way is to help people become more efficient with their capital. And so I kind of do the latter. I take the latter approach. So what happens is if you will look at. So once you get control of your cash flow, then we help people look for what we call wealth transfers. Right. What is a transfer? It's money that you're losing unknowingly, unnecessarily. So once you identify it, you can either eliminate it or or minimize it. Then that money we freed up, you can now do what? Move into your wealth coordination account, and then you can begin to move that money into other things. Right. So without going to a great detail, the the there's 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 like fifteen, but like the first five is what we focus on. So when I work with somebody, what I'm looking at when I look at their numbers is like, okay, here are the, so one is, do they manage cash flow? Are they spending more or less than they make? That's one. Two, how they pay their mortgage? Are they have a 15-year loan? Are they paying extra on the mortgage every month, which is a complete waste of money? I'm going to let that sink in, guys. I, I know I stepped on some toes there. And um, uh. So you can email me and ask me why, and I'll, I'll see you. I got some. I got a video. I got two videos somewhere on my YouTube channel now, or, or on my show, on why that's in this environment, right? When you got a three percent mortgage, if you like, you know, you already have a mortgage. There's no reason this to with inflation because you got to understand a defining moment, Alice, that we teach is you because of inflation, money will never be worth more than it is today, mm -hmm. right? So why would you transfer your more valuable today dollars to the bank? Because they know that rule. Right. But they entice you by lower rates. Why do you think the rate is lower to 50 year loan? So they can create velocity, which is the opposite of accumulation. They both focus on velocity of money. Right. Teach you to accumulate Two, how more uh, taxes. Taxes, no more wealth transfer. So how can you minimize current and future taxation? OK. And so we we I look for that. Uh, third is um, how people are funding their, their qualified plans at work. Right. So if you already have them, great. If you're still working, maybe you don't want to fund it past the match. I will get the match to get the free money. But if you don't have uh, um, like 90 days in your uh, uh, 
emergency fund at least, yep. then I think that I would back that down because you're if 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 you don't have money that you have access to capital to, then what do you have to do? You have to take the penalty and what I call liquidate, or you got to go into debt. And now you're spending money you've not yet earned. Okay, uh, how people fund educational expenses and how they pay, how they finance things, how they pay for big ticket items. We call it big ticket item is anything you can't pay for in full within monthly cash flow. Right. And we say don't liquidate for a current lifestyle expense. We teach a strategy called uh, uh, the private reserve strategy. Some of y'all may have heard of it called privatized banking. And um, it's just where it's a saving strategy It's where you store your cash. And then how can you access capital through collateralization without having to liquidate the use? Mm-hmm. Right. And so but we incorporate it. I don't it's not like the end all be all. It's not. There's no. There's no um, there's no product in and of itself that's going to take you to glory financially. OK, except for winning lottery tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And that's, you know. Yeah, you, and you have to play, right? I don't play, so play that's yeah. a, and nobody's going to strike a hole well in my backyard. <laughs> so I need to learn the game of, okay. of money, uh-huh. and 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 it's thing. So everybody's looking for home runs, but it's slow and steady wins the race, right? So you're you're um uh they feel like they're behind, and so then they go out and they and they try to take big swings and knock the ball out the park, but you can still get a home run with four singles, uh-huh. right? And, and, uh, you know, what part of what's like, so the opposite tack I take Alex is one way to win is stop losing, right? So yep. let's become more efficient and let's keep more of the money you're already making because the number one asset you have right now is your ability to earn income. Well, let's maximize that asset, keep more of that. And then you begin to buy and build other assets that can go to work instead of you. Yeah, exactly. And someone made the, uh, <clears throat> I was interviewing an individual, a while back and he made the good analogy. He said, uh, would you rather have the quarterback that throws a Hail Mary every play or the running back that guarantees you to get four yards per, per carry? Because that right. running back will win you the game every single time. Um, exactly. So it's, it's you know, it's, and, and I, I'm a big fan of kind of, you know, one of the core focuses that you're talking about is that uh, it's a very practical approach to this. It's, Again, understanding risk, understanding that you don't have to overcomplicate things. So, I mean, at the core of what you're really talking about is, you know, saying, make sure that you, you know, are saving money. Um, make sure your expenses don't exceed your income. Uh, make sure that you protect yourself for a rainy day, insurance, all that kind of stuff. And again, these are just the very high level of these things. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure you have enough money to pay for expenses and your liquidity. And then also make sure that you're making money. You know, all this stuff is great, but if you aren't, you know, accumulating money on what you earn, then again, all this, it, you know, is kind of, of moot. These things all work together. Um, you know, they, they are independent, but they all, you know, form the wheel that gets the car down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And to that point, um, you know, do you kind of recommend, you know, I think a big part about is, you know, like you said, you ask your clients, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how well do you know the stock market? How well do you know real estate? Um, you know, I'm a, I like to be a student of, of, of the world and whatever I'm doing and try to constantly learn things. But that can also be kind of a detriment in this scenario. It's like, oh, I don't know much about the stock market. Let me learn. Uh, you know, how, how, you know, do you recommend people kind of try to keep their core knowledge base intact um you know do you recommend people try to learn as much as possible because you can get kind of spread a little too thin so how would you tell people to mitigate that or is that just kind of the relationship that you build with your clients on kind of understanding their penchant for you know understanding maybe more than they can handle 
Yeah, I mean, it's what I try to do is I try to I really try to reinforce that the philo- the philosophy of the principles, but the velocity method, right? So velocity, which is velocity, the economic principle of moving money in and out of assets, the cash focus on cash flow, the focus on leverage using other people's money, and the focus of um, of storing places in uh, permanent strategies. So we so permanent insurance strategies. So we do what the institutions do. So I tell people, look, if the bank. Don't do the banks tell you to do, do what they do. So I found that all of those strategies work in personal finance. So now what you invest in, again, that I don't try to play in that arena, right? Because remember what I said at the start, it's about becoming. So it's not my job to tell you what to become, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you have? I have clients that really are killing it with trading. That's a paper strategy. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to learn that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I, out of the four asset classes, I'm my dad's son, right? So my favorite asset class, which I also think is the fastest path to cash is business, right? So I would rather invest in my businesses because I know it, I can influence the outcome of it and I still am not chasing returns. So it goes back to my three rules of investing all, all go there, right? I've got people that I, I work with a lot of real estate investors. Like, so I'm kind of like the financial advisor, real estate investors, business owners. Um, and so we talk, they already get velocity and leverage, right? But they don't have the necessary the plan. They don't manage cash flow well. Uh, business owners, I spoke at a couple of years ago to Laundromat Millionaire Conference, right? So velocity in their terminology is they want bigger, newer machines so they can get people in and out the mat faster. Mm-hmm. Right. And then market to get people. So that's velocity is they can turn over money faster. So see the principles don't matter what asset class there's you're in paper, you know, private lending. Like so I've got is in love real estate. He's got he had a lot of money when I met him in self-directed. We show him how to move new money into permanent insurance. And between those three assets, he's he he works with real estate investors and he's making eight, ten, twelve percent loan in money. Yeah. You know, so it's what you like. And then you got, because what you, because what happens is it's, if you like it, you're going to do it. You're going to be interested in, in, um, going deeper on it. And the more you go deeper, the more, as your knowledge goes up, your risk comes down. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a really good point to make too, is it's a very, you know, kind of intrapersonal, uh, you know, point to make, but, you know, do what you enjoy. Um, you know, if you want to get out there and exercise and, you hate playing softball, but you love playing basketball, then go play basketball. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like just because someone told you that, you know, softball burns more calories than basketball. If you're never going to do it, you're not going to, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter if you're never going to go right. and do it. But if you love playing basketball, you know, go grab your, you know, basketball, your shorts and hit the hoops. You know, it's like, it's, it's that, that kind of correlation. What I tell, what I also, you know, granted I am not an advisory capacity for my clients, but when I get asked, you know, externally from work or anyone. I was like, you know, do what you enjoy and do what you think you can continue to do. Because if you don't think you can commit to any of this stuff, then, well, that's a whole other conversation you need to have with yourself of figuring out, you know, why you don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, if you hate reading stock tickers, but you love going out and getting boots on the ground and meeting people with real estate and and talking and fixing their real estate problems, then do that. You will 100%, even if the market's doing X, Y, and Z, I can, you know, I have to disclaim, I can't guarantee anything. There's no such thing as a guaranteed return, but I will, with a certain degree of certainty, you will do better at that than anything else, just because you yeah. want to do it and you will put more hours into doing it. 
Yeah, and so and so if you've got capital, then and but let's say you don't really want to learn how to buy apartment buildings, but you've accumulated a lot of money. I, I would still learn how to read the numbers, learn how to read the financial statements, and meet the operators, yada yada, before you uh, just put your money there. Like mm-hmm. people, because sometimes I find people will treat that money like a mutual fund, like lazy. You know, they're lazy with it and they won't really get in and do their due diligence, which has happened to me. And uh, then I realized, oh, okay, you can lose money. Uh, everybody doesn't do what they say they're going to do, right? <laughs> so and uh, so you've got, so the invest in knowing is learning how to do good due diligence. And uh, that's that, all of that's part of it. Like there's no just one thing. You, you've got to, you, um, nothing, if you think of, if y'all are listening, Anything that you are good at right now, you there's nothing where you didn't have to put in work, you didn't have to study, you have to put in the hours to have discernment to get good at it. Well, money's the same way. There's fundamentals. It's like basketball. You got to learn how to to do a pick and roll. You got to learn how to pass the ball properly. You got to learn how to jump stop or football. You got to block and tackle. That's in my world. That's paying yourself first. That's proper protection. That's building money for emergencies. That's building legacy. And then now once you've got your family, because see the financial plan, what you want and why precedes the investment plan and the business plan. And But see, everybody skips into that because sometimes it's not sexy to, they just want to get you, because a lot of people are transactional, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and really what you want to do is you've got to look at your overall situation and you need to, investing is a team sport. So a lot of times it's not one person. It's a team of people all working kind of like the family office concept, which is in my mind I'm trying to develop for our clients, you know, and um, like middle, upper, middle income people. But I think that you still have a team approach where everybody's on board to make you rich, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> to to yeah. make you financially free. Sure. And everybody, that's, they're all, it's like I'm a Star Trek fan, right? So John Blue Picard pulls the team into the ready room right and ask for opinions right but captain makes the final decision that's you leading your wealth mm-hmm. oh yeah and and remember always listen to that always listen to data he, he always listen to you. data data is the smartest one there right? um no i think that's that's all really great points and, and the only thing i would kind of add on to that is i'm a i'm a big you know, i think kind of a core focus of what you do is education and, and learning um when I, whenever anyone asks me anything about due diligence, uh, you need to be careful about where you get it from. Understand the reason why someone might be giving you information. Are they trying yep. to turn and sell you something afterwards? Is Are you getting the information from the people that are trying to sell you the investment? Um, and not to say that you can't get good education from these people, but with anything when it comes to your personal finances and educating yourself on any type of transaction, just understand the reason why you're getting the information from a certain place. Um, you know, the more, um, you know, high level and the, and the least they have to do with it, maybe the better information is going to be, but just be, be wary. Always, always be a, a, a be a skeptic of, of everything yep. and just yep. understand where this stuff's coming from. Not to say that anything is good, bad, or indifferent, but uh, again, just, you know, education is great, but not all education is created. See, because I think that you, because what I try, I really work hard, Alice, is I, I try to teach people to think, mm-hmm. not what to think. Yeah. Right. Because you have to be able to separate facts from somebody's sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Facts from flaws. Guys, is education. Yeah. Right. And so that's where it goes back to principles. So what are your money rules? You know, so if I'm looking at a, a thing, 
what are my three rules? And do I know it? Do I want to know it? Can I influence the outcome? Or am I chasing return? So that's my filter, right? You yep. got to have your filter. Exactly. And then within my principles, all right, I got to save, I got to protect, you know, oh, I'm a little. So sometimes, you know, look at insurance as an expense. And so, but it's a protective expense that could set you aside. So you might have less to put away, but you're, what happens if God, you hopefully nothing happens, but what if it does? Mm-hmm. Right. You got to protect yourself. So that goes back to the principles. What happens if you don't make it? Your family's supposed to be financially free, whether you're here or not. So that's the protective and that's legacy. Right. Trust and that kind of stuff. And then there's liquidity so that if opportunities, good things or bad things happen, you can deal with them. And now you don't have. So if you're big in the stock market, the liquidity is a volatility buffer. Right. Mm-hmm. So if things are down, you don't have to liquidate your shares if you like assets uh, a lot of uh alternative things are illiquid if you need money yeah anyway mm-hmm. right so <clears throat> that's why it's like it builds on each other that's where the principles build on each other and then you're like okay am i every year is my is my uh assets are my assets growing is my non-preferred debt going down <clears throat> is my business revenue going up and is my passive income going up? And those, to me, are the uh, key performance indicators that we work with our clients. And and to to quote uh, the gap in the gain and ten x decision two x all progress all progress is measured backwards. And so mm-hmm. our I kind of our we have, we do this thing called a personal financial snapshot with our clients, and it's set up to measure backwards. Right. So here's where you are when you met me. Here's where we are December thirty first you know, 2024 and here have you grown? Cause it's really easy to track financially. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do equity cause I don't have a working crystal ball. So I'm not, <laughs> you know, and, and if, if the thing went up, that's an illusion because you know, equities go up, they go down. So they're worth, they don't earn compound interest. They worth wherever they worth at the end of the day, whatever net asset value is at the end of the day. So it's all an illusion. Oh yeah. And, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I like real things that throw out real money. No, I, I can definitely appreciate that. And I think that's kind of a good place to uh, bring in for a landing is kind of the finality of, you know, what you're really passionate about. And I think it certainly came through in our conversation today. Think so? <laughs> no. Just, just in time, right? Um, so, yeah, what I, what I always like to do at the end of it, you know, if people are interested in learning more or getting plugged in with you, because you certainly are a service provider, uh, how can they find you? So, one, you can go to Practical Wealth solutions.net or practicalwealth.net and go to our website. Actually, Alice, I got I'm going to send it to you. I have a special website for your listeners mm-hmm. uh, where they can go. You can, I would, you know, go to my YouTube channel so you can find out more about the madness that is Curtis. <laughs> okay. You can uh, follow me on, on IG, Instagram at Kurt. What is it? Curtis May 4766. And uh, we also offer a complimentary, uh, you know, consultation, and also, if you will text, I have a, a report called The Value of Liquidity. And so if you guys will text BE THE BANK, all caps, all one word, to 55444, we'll send you this really interesting uh, free report, you know, oh. talking about having access to capital. And uh, that's that's the best way. Follow, you know, check out the Practical Wealth Show podcast. <laughs> all right, or more like this. Well, Curtis, I do appreciate it. Uh, the most valuable asset that we all have is our time, because we can never make any more of it. So, thank you for taking about an hour out of your time to be with us today. As always, this is the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast. My name is Alex Perney, and thank you for joining. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Alternative Investing Advantage podcast. Tune in next week for more investing tips and strategies. Want to hear more episodes of the Alternative Investing Advantage? Search podcast at advantaira.com and subscribe.